What's going on, friends? This is random number 99. That's right. We're nearly to 100 now. This is Roomies and Movies. And I am Ox. That's Luke over there for this week. Uh, we watched a special to Fault in Our Stars with uh, John Green and his wife's commentary. Um, for the best and worst this week, we watched It's a Wonderful Life and Date Night, respectively. Uh, Battlestar Galactica is nearly over. We're in Season 4, Episodes 6 through 10. We saw Long Shot theatrically. Uh, I'm getting caught up on Barry, so I watched through the first season of that, which Luke's already seen. And then we will finish off with Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 4. Um, yeah. Did you get everything watched? <laughs> like a man. <laughs> Yes, and like I was explaining before we went, I am exhausted, and there is probably no critical thinking put into anything this week. I There's just like, hey, I watched it. I feel like Ooh. it's all on the stove right now, and as soon as I start talking something, you're just going to lay into anything. I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> I'm so... um. Let's start with the Fault in Our Stars, just because that's probably the freshest. Um, did you like it? Go see our episode pertaining to Five Feet Apart. It's the same fucking movie, and I hate the same exact things. It, it absolutely is not the same movie. And I knew you were going to... I had a feeling you were going to say that. Um, I think this one does a way better job of illustrating that even though these kids are dying... Um, and this is what we were talking about back then in that episode is I have a, a f- affinity for these movies where teenagers no. are dying. No, no. Let's call it, it's a fetish. This is just a pure fetish. That's fair. But I think this one illustrates so much better is that even though these kids are dying, they're probably finding the best way to live out those last days that they can. And it seems like they're Are living they? much better. I hated every fucking person in this movie. You know who I loved in this movie? Willem Dafoe. I was like, tell those fucking sick kids off. They don't deserve anything from you, Willem Dafoe. You're a heartless prick. You know that? I'm not. Those fucking whiny dying kids come in and they're like, explain your art to me. Give me all your answers because I can only reflect my own life through it. And he's like, no, it's my art. I'm not doing anything for you. You want these things because you're dying and I should pity you? No, go fuck yourselves. And I'm like, that's correct, Willem Dafoe. Those kids can go fuck themselves. You got a lot of angst in you. This is going to be one hell of an episode. <laughs> um, no, I agree with that part. And I think like all of us, all of us teenagers are asking questions like that that we aren't necessarily uh, should be given. Uh, I feel like everybody else has so much more experience at well, even the 30s like we are right now. Um, it's just shit you got to live through. Um, but I feel like the disappointment that they get is some of the best lessons in a way um, because they had high hopes and it's never about just the destination itself the journey became so much more to them and i love everything about this movie it's so bad one one fuck fuck these kids i hate them all they're pretentious and annoying oh, fuck and they're the you worst in this pretentious bullshit Two. this is edgy Two. fucking teenager shit that you would have been drooling over your mid-20s 
So don't even try oh, fight, fighting hard. Go fuck you. Uh, no. <laughs> Two. Uh, in no world, real or imagined, is this how the Make-A-Wish fucking foundation works? You just don't get to fucking throw your name in that. It's not how it works. You put on a list. It fucking, you gotta be terminal. You get to it. You don't get, and you don't get to be like, I want me, my friends, my family on an all-paid trip to Amsterdam. No, but he fuck was, you. That's he not was how terminal this... at that point. Not when he no. Because remember, he had it set, he had it set up before she went in the hospital sick, and he said he didn't find out until she was in the hospital. All right, it's a little loose, but I feel like it's not that far off, especially them being in their late teens. 1819. Um, I mean, all those fucking. I understand that's not exactly how Make a Wish Foundation works, but it works within the stories, this particular story, to kind of dictate what their their last dream can be attained. But so, sure. Next step: don't be an asshole and make out Anne Frank's fucking attic. What the hell is that? Fuck you. Why do you just hate people being in love? What is who has that's, wronged you? I think that's one of the most fucking beautiful moments of the whole movie. And yeah, I'm sure it would be very hmm, boisterous and American and just not do it, except these fucking kids are dying. Cut them some fucking slack, Luke. God damn. No, they shouldn't be cut slack because they're dying. And then everyone who's there to to witness the horror and the strength and power of what this these people went through during the Holocaust cost. And like, oh, these two kids are making out. Let's let's applaud this. Yes. No, no they just saw her there. struggle all the way up fucking flights of stairs and she can barely fucking breathe. And then she really Which is horseshit. He fucking should have been like, no, we're not going to go climb these fucking stairs. Obviously, you've never had any goddamn thing you wanted to accomplish, but it's been very out of your reach. Because it's a struggle <laughs> for her to do this, and it shows that she can still do things. And even when uh, Ansel goes to fucking buy cigarettes, and like he can't buy cigarettes because he's just so fucking battered from all the chemo and everything else. Oh, oh, and another tipping point. Listen, when he's all like, I put the cigarette in my mouth, but I don't light it because I won't give it the power to kill. That is so pretentious. And that dumb. was Luke fucking, fucking 10 years ago. 100%. No, because I was smoking 10 years well, ago. F- fucking 12 years ago when you were thinking about smoking. Fuck you, man. That was easily you. And these goddamn no, actors do such those, a brilliant job selling all that stuff. Those those cigarettes are covered in so many fucking chemicals. It doesn't matter if you lie to you. Put that fucking thing in your oh, mouth. You're, you're catching something. On the filter. You're not goddamn chopping it up in bits with a goddamn razor blade, putting it in your veins. Get out of here with your bullshit. Uh, I know your I know your agenda is trying to get kids hooked on cigarettes, but I'm not gonna allow it. Not today. Whew. I'm glad I picked this movie now, just to see how much problems you have with love. It's, it's so bad. It is not. It's I awful. don't understand how you have so many problems with this. I think it's incredible. And like lower, so Laura Dern showing her range, but fucking Shaylee Woodley kills this goddamn role. No, she. Oh my god, no! How, no, no one does anything Are in this fuck movie. You, man. No one does anything. Are you? Fuck you, man. Fuck you. 
<laughs> they sell everything so wonderfully without fucking describing every last bit of detail of everything that's happening. But that's what the and it drives me nuts that literally there's an opening narration. She's like, "This is how all these movies are play out. Movies where these beautiful people fall in love, but not here." And then they go through those exact motions. Oh, I'm fucking sorry people. that we're trying to give young teenagers hope to look forward to in such a bleak goddamn world. Luke, have is a that fucking what we're heart. Doing? Yeah, we are. Are we continuing to? Are we continuing to tell teenagers that, hey, it only matters if you're dying. That's the only time this is going to be worth anything. Not true at all. They're closer and they have less time to figure it out. So we're kind of cutting some fucking corners. I don't trust fucking anyone who is 17 to make a simple decision, let alone these life-altering ones that these kids are supposed to be making. Fuck that. I'm trusting only strictly late teenagers now. 16 okay, to you 19. go watch some opinion pieces <laughs> and you go hang out on 4chan and you talk to these children. All right, so you got to take it with a little grain of salt. <laughs> okay, a lot of grain of salt. But, man, F you, man. And then when the fucking, like, they're egging the ex-girlfriend's car and they're like, Intimidating the mother. The mother should have kicked their all their asses. Fuck you. Do you egg want fuck that? Do you want to get egg? If somebody's standing across the road threatening to egg you, and all you have to do is walk back inside to save you. Fuck that. You can wash off a car. Yeah. When it comes to fucking use, I tell them to get the fuck out. I kill them. <laughs> Children. I don't think that's happening in any fucking realistic world. You're putting your goddamn head down and walking straight back into that house. Don't even lie. And fucking, like, the idea that that child was somehow wronged by his girlfriend who broke up with him, when if nothing else, she was saying, like, this is too much for me and this can't work. That's the more adult thing that's happening Oh, yeah. But the fucking teenagers and fucking let them just be. Goddamn. People gotta go through some shit, Luke. And yeah. Some people have to get written up fucking police reports to realize that they did something wrong. Whatever, man. (laughs) Man, I just... I'm Right out of the gate, I'm so pissed off at you. You should be pissed off at yourself for, like, this subgenre is disgusting. Fuck you, man. You've given up along the way, and I'm going to bring you back at some point. I'll try my damnedest. I'm bringing you back. Mark my words, goddammit. There's nothing to bring back. I've always been <laughs> That's not true. I'm going to find it, and I'm going to bring it back. Whatever. So I will never <laughs> let you pick something over again. Oh, fuck <laughs> that. We're going through the whole subgenre. No, like, for, guess what? I've seen two. We're for good. every horror movie, I'm bringing you down one. At least mine are, like, different. Oh, fuck you, man. I understand this is very close to goddamn five feet apart. But I was hoping John's green commentary drinking while he was doing was going to be a little bit more exciting. And that's... How? That doesn't help me not hate this movie anymore. Uh, Because it was a bit entertaining to the point where maybe you would have fucking looked past those goddamn tropes that have been dragged through the mud. 
And goddamn, this is so five years old. You want to old you wanna, at this point? You want to fucking set a terrible film in front of me and then go, oh, look over here at the dancing monkey and hope I enjoy the movie? No, no I was hoping you enjoy the story because the story is. I really enjoy the story, and it. When we were talking two months ago about fucking Pep Cemetery, and you were in love with that fucking shit because the goddamn father can't cope with his child passing, and you have ch- real children having to deal with their own mortality, not even hitting the age of 20, and they're fucking trying to figure it out the best they can. And this shows that light, that they the struggle they have to go through, and maybe all the shit that we're dealing with isn't all that important in the grand scheme of things. Fucking all we gotta do is find somebody that appreciates us and just enjoy our own company sometimes. Yeah, and we can hope that that person's dying so we don't actually have to grow or change and learn from each other. fuck you. When she understands that her mom's not just gonna willow away uh, and she's actually going to help other people that have gone through this shit... That's a really touching fucking moment. And fucking all the shit that she has to deal with with her boyfriend passing away before she did. Like fucking heart ripping shit. <laughs> okay, buddy. F you, man. You're, you're you. a terrible person. We are not going to make it to 100. <laughs> we're, at, we're making it to 125. I guarantee it. Hand to God right now. <laughs> So that's Fault in Our Stars. If you like this genre, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. But if you're heartless like goddamn Luke, you'll hate it. You'll hate it so goddamn much. Prick. Yeah. So let's talk about how awful Barry is. You shut your whore mouth. I've only That's only half truth. I only kind of like it. You are so wrong. Oh yeah! What? Tell me about that. Tell me about how great this goddamn show is from all the fucking movies. This is exactly like all of that shit. (laughs) It's all like what shit? All the fucking hitman with a fucking wants to change his way of life bullshit. (laughs) And then he falls in love with somebody that pays him five seconds of attention. (laughs) Fuck you. I'm very angry. <laughs> well, one, Bill Hader is fantastic in the show. I'll give you Not that even point. You Bill that. Hader is fantastic in the show. You got one two, point. Point two, Noho Hank is the best character on TV right now. <laughs> no, I will not concede that point. He's great. You concede that point. I will not <laughs> He's pretty great, but I'm not going to give you the benefit of that one. Oh, man, it's so good. He's <laughs> so good, man. Uh, those first couple of episodes started off kind of rather bland. And I. Well, I mean, again, you're going to have to get, like, talk me through this because, like, basically, I was just talking about how great Barry has been this season. No, no, no. And you're no, like, no. oh, I'm watching. Like, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I remember you but like all my you were so excited the point about it. I'm last saying, year. Yes, and the point I'm saying is I have not seen it in a year. I don't quite remember all the intricacies of season one. Okay. So I'll walk you through it. So we start out, Barry's this 
a pretty great assassin from what they're giving you. Uh, he's basically just popping in people in a hotel room and just living it up while it, for a couple of days until the guy who's basically conning him out of money shows up with a new job for him. Um, and it, he basically has them brainwashed to the point where he thinks all these people are bad and they're just sitting, they're just regular hits, um, from normal people. So he runs into this person out in LA, go into an acting class and sits in on the acting class to get close to him. And I don't necessarily think you get that he might be a good assailant until uh, he rolls up to murder this Ryan character and the Chechens are across the road and try to take him out and he lays two of the three out. Didn't quite get the last one because that's Noho Hank and we need him for the show. We definitely need him (laughs) for the show. So then the other six episodes I think uh, go through Barry's keeper uh running all these jobs to get them more money but in the same process making the bosnians pissed off at the chechenians and starting a war between them two um and then it culminates with barry losing his shit because uh along the way he picks up some marine friends, acquaintances I guess Um, and they find out about his uh, hitman job and they want in and they're lunatics uh, up to his old friend that who used to work work logistics and then has to save Barry's life and is conflicted about it Um, there's some touching moments because you see this shred of humanity that might be left in Barry um, that culminates in the last half of the eighth episode where he's living his life and he's happy and all this got swept under the rug. But the detective that's fallen for Winkler, uh, old Fonz, that teaches this acting class, uh, is still kind of got some breadcrumbs that haven't been digested. So she's still kind of into that stuff. Um, and then finds one last link that hooks Barry into this whole conspiracy that happened a few months back at this point. I'm not quite sure, but um, in season one ends that he ends up killing her and then getting back into bed with this person he's fallen for. But it's all right. It's just all right. It's really good. Mm, I wouldn't push it to the very, very good yet. I'll wait to check in to season two to to give a verdict on it, but that season one is not the excitement level you brought to the table last year. Mm, I don't know. I remember really liking it. I think it's really funny. Um, I think it's really dark. I think maybe that's why I like it. Like That whole scene where like... He takes his buddy, his marine buddy, out of the car and has to fucking kill him. Like he knows he has to do it, and the conflict that Peter brings to that scene, and then his buddy begging him not to do it. Like that shit's dark. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I mean he struggled with it at this point where he's where his keeper told him he had to get rid of the one marine, and he just couldn't do it because these are decent people. Well, they're not all evil people until they realize that they tried bum rushing Bosnians and get lit up. Um, but yeah, I can see where you're saying with the dark. So I'm interested to see with season two. Uh, it's only six episodes into the second run, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Are there eight episodes for the second season? I would imagine. So, I'll probably watch through the rest of it, and then we'll, we'll, we'll reanalyze this next week for season two for throughout, and then we'll have the finale the next week over, and we'll see where it lies then. Yeah? I can't believe you don't like it. What's wrong with you? Listen. Listen to you. Mr. Goddamn Pretentious over there. <laughs> well, I, next week, I think the co- the conversation will be a little bit more manageable because it'll be a little bit more fresh in your mind. Obviously, the other the season one's a year behind in your head. So, yeah, we'll revisit. True. We'll revisit with season two. Plus, so. Plus, like, that... Like, episode five might be my favorite half-hour TV I've seen in a while. Oh, yeah? Of season two. Oh, oh for God, this? Dude, it's oh, so okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. Haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, for season two. Cool. Oh, buddy, it is, it is so good. It better be. Get your ass on the line. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. So, yeah. Um, jumping from there, let's talk worst and best. And how much do you hate? Date movie. What? I love these spoof Fuck movies. You. You're talking about. Fuck you. There's not a chance in hell you like this goddamn movie. Of course not. There's a point where, like, I just walked away. Oh, you... I, I just... I just, like, I let it keep playing and just walked out of it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I, The smartest decision you made today. Because I suffered through so that bad. whole goddamn thing. It is real fucking awful. Like, well, one, you might have suffered through it, but I fucking paid for it, so... Fair. Touche. I'll give you that point. Um, I don't understand these movies. I guess this is the main thing. I tried absolutely everything. I was like, listen, I think I saw maybe the first two, the generic high school movie one. Uh, I can't... I don't know what the one after that one was, but like, oh, scary movie, like those two, and then I was like, you know what, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to see these movies ever again. And then this gets brought yeah, to my plate. But like, there's something. Well, one, I'll stand up for that first scary movie and not another teen movie. Like those movies are really fucking funny. I'll um, give you a scary I movie. Do I don't. Smart. I feel what? like somebody's misinterpreted the formula they had for those movies. Like... Yeah, but these have become, like, these are just, just just, hey, remember this scene from that movie? Yeah. And we're just gonna recreate it? (laughs) And it's so dumb. Like, like, this movie, I didn't check the date, but it had to be, like, the mid-2000s that this came out. I mean, yeah. At that point, who... Who's making a joke about fucking Meet the Parents? That movie came out when I was a kid. Like, what the fuck? Yep, we're parodying that. 
uh, fucking Hitch, um, Wedding Plan. Like, it's just a mash of such bullshit. And, like, and it's not even like, it's not even like we're parodying it. It's just like, hey, we're doing this one little sketch. Like, they set up this whole thing of like, well, first they, they spoof Pimp My Ride to go into a spoof of The Bachelor. <laughs> but, yeah. But they're for like, you know, it's like for four minutes. Like, you were just doing nothing with what you're, you're just literally the lowest common denominator jokes. And it's just. The main actress feel like she was in another um, American Pie movie. Like I think that's what she went in thinking for this movie and like had a time with it, whatever. But like everybody else, like <laughs> what a fucking mess! Like at no yeah. point, like this just seems like a giant m- movie about of different sketches. From different movies, and like any movie that they even resemble talking about, they're just making fun of whatever that trash movie was. But and not even like making fun of it in any way, other than just saying like, "Hey, remember that movie? It's like that, but now it's a fat person, or now it's there's a poop, poop joke. joke. It's so yeah. bad, <laughs> so bad." And I am so so excited to tell you there's at least three more of these on the list. Can we skip them? We don't. They, nope. They're not bringing anything to the table. Come on. Maybe one of them really is. I find that very hard to believe. It's just going to be shit. <laughs> Please. I'll throw myself onto the, the fire for this one. Onto the grenade. This is a mess. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. We'll, we'll re- I'll replace the ones on the list with something further back on the list that we haven't watched, we'll go back to like 36 and 37 and whatever. Except for the fact that one of these is the number one, so we can't skip it. Is it fucking epic movie? <laughs> uh, yes, it is. It's epic movie or disaster movie, one of the two. Fuck. I hate this. I hate it so much. But it, it kind of makes me want to go like, how is that one like 24 spots worse than this one. Like, how is this? I feel like that's the one. I'm pretty sure that one came out when we were living together. And I'm pretty sure I made it halfway through. I was like, you know what? I don't need any of this in my life ever again. So, so you're saying we don't get to watch Meet the Spartans when that one comes on, huh? Do some 300 parody? I'm not looking forward to it at all. If it's on the list. No, because these movies are atrocious. And there's not even anything that I can be like, the structure of the story means that this is the fault of why it's bad. No, it's just, it's just bad sketch comedy struck together hmm. and doing nothing. It's just, like, part, it's, just it's literally the lowest common denominator even for jokes. Like, they just have a cat shitting on a toilet for a minute. Not joking, a solid minute of just farting. It's like, <laughs> fucking shoot me in the head. Uh, well, jumping from there, let's talk about the best movie and uh, what do you think of What a Wonderful Life? Uh, what I want to know about is why you would watch the bastardized version of it. What's, why is the colored version bastardized? Uh, because both the director of the film and uh, Jimmy Stewart were like, never watch that movie. It's horseshit. 
why would they ruin our film by colorizing it? Literally, all they did was color it? Yeah. Why would that... Man, these people need to take a, a relaxed pill. Um, was the black and the white version... Listen, I didn't fucking know. That's why I asked you three four times which version to watch. I was just letting you go. Jimmy Stewart had congressional hearings about how he was like, I tried watching it and it made me sick to my stomach and I can't watch it. God damn it. Because that makes me so intrigued to see what's so better about the black and white version. God fucking damn it. The colorization, the colorization process was not great at the time. And, you know, it was kind of like, uh, we're just kind of updating the color. So it's not like it's the best. So it could kind of detract from the original film. You know, just because it's in color doesn't give you that nice, lush black and white that they shot it in. So it's interesting. See, I figured it was the other way around, and I thought the colored version was the original, and then they just did the black and white version uh, from that. No, it's the other way around. And the interesting thing is, though, that uh, the black and white version is in public domain. That's why it plays on TV all the time during the holidays. (laughs) Um, Mm. But when the company acquired the rights... It, to colorize it, if you see the colorized version, they're paid. So they're paying for a film that is in the public copy that they can play for free whenever they want it. They have a copy, but they're paying people to license out the color version that the creators do not want people to see. Super interesting. That is fascinating. God damn it. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, did you like the movie? First of all, Man, movies don't need to be over two hours. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair point. I'll bitch about that for till the day I die. Like length does not mean that I feel better about watching your product. Or it's the same with like video games. You can pad out a video game twenty five hours. It doesn't make me feel better about sending sixty on it if I wish it was over after eight hours. Fucking just chop this shit down. Did you like the movie? I don't think so. Is that a good enough answer? I mean, that's your that's your normal spot for the last couple months, anyway. <laughs> I feel that I understand why, you know, it's been well-received and it's become this thing. And, you know, like, this is the first time I've ever seen it, but I know it from all the pop cultural appropriation. You know, I know every time a bell wings and angel gets his wings and, oh, Clarence and... I know all that shit, but it makes watching the movie and I'm just like, it's weird and it's old timey and I don't think I like that. Hmm. I was, I was uncomfortable for many a scene where I was just like, is Jimmy Stewart going to rape this woman? Cause he gets aggressive with her when like, they're trying to be like close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was really awkward, but um, I gave it a pass just because like, this is the forties. And this was literally like years after World War Two, and fucking actors weren't that brilliant yet. So like, I mean, that's that was just a, a remnant yeah. of that time. But Stewart's known as one of like the most well-known movie stars of all time, and one of you know like everyone knows who he is. But that said, like, this there's that scene where he just shows up at her house drunk. And he's like listening to her have a phone call with her boyfriend. And he starts grabbing her, and she yeah. Like, but 
hold on a second. She invited him in, so let's not True. act like he's uh, just this terror terror in the middle of the night. She let him, <laughs> but he was also just standing outside, hitting her fence, waiting for her to let him in. I mean, yeah, that's hearsay. <laughs> but it's so weird. Yeah, it's a it's a really awkward moment. Um, I think it's it's chalked up to that, like storytelling process from those times like obviously not as intricate as it is nowadays um just because i think they were just getting there i get get that like realizing that what he has is great and supposed to be lovely but the whole film i'm just watching the sun's like this guy is giving up all of his dreams he is forgoing everything that he ever wanted he will never get it, and I think he's going to go on a murder spree, and just he's going to snap one day and kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, there's the affirmation of like, no, it's great, I'm so glad these people are here, but I'm still like, but you still kind of just settled and didn't do any of the things you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's alive, and people know him. And people are literally throwing money in his goddamn living room. So it's not that bad of life anymore. And I also don't think that's how it, like, I mean, maybe litigation and crime solving work different back then, but I can't feel like you lose $8,000 and then you get off the hook because all of a sudden people start throwing money around in your house and the guy's like, whoop, I guess you found the money. It's okay. That's still gross. <laughs> next. Uh, listen, listen, you just pay them a little bit more. They don't have to put that stuff on the books and everything's fine. And then, like, I was confused about how dark the film was going to be. Like, that opening scene mm-hmm. with, like, the pharmacist guy. And I was just like, the poison bottle. And I was like, is this motherfucker going to kill himself? No, he just almost poisoned someone else. And then yeah. beats a child. <laughs> yep. Um, I feel like I'm on the same page as you, though. Um, I'm not. There are things that I like about this movie, but necessarily it's not. My cup of tea, I suppose. Um, it, yeah. it falls into that that same realm where um, the one from last week kind of rides. Like, I understand why people like it or would rank it high, but I don't know. I think at this point, there's much better movies. Um, but to speak to the colorized version, that's probably <laughs> the part I like the best. Because it seemed very Norman Rockwell-esque. And that's... I thought that was a design choice that they made for the movie, but I guess that's the choice they made for the colorization process. And it's probably, like... That was why I was kind of waning. Like, I don't know if I really like it, but I understand why they made that choice. But at this point, I don't understand why they... It's just so weird. Um, But yeah, I get it. Um, I think... Fuck, we're we're gonna do it. We've been talking probably this whole week about monopolies and bullshit. So to almost end on this note of this guy essentially buying up the town so he can run it however he wants, and like when he chooses or uh, when he wishes he was never born, uh, he sees the ramifications that if he was never around, it the town becomes a big cesspool of clubs and strip joints and everything else in the roaring 40s. Um, 
yeah, yeah. but then you also realize that like it's not that person's job to make this ta- like I don't know I don't buy into the moral of the story I guess I feel bad that this person who wanted to was dreaming big and wanted to travel and see things and build new things that no one's ever seen and instead he gets stuck in this town for life and working in a fucking office that he hates and that's supposed to be the good thing because he saves everyone else at the expense of what he wants what's really interesting about it it's kind of uh orange county kind of tread those same lines where tom hanks is colin hanks is like trying to get out because he just doesn't want to get stuck in that groove and at the end of the movie, he realizes, like, it's not where he is. It's just what he does with it. So it's kind of that same morality. Um, and he genuinely is doing great things for everybody around him and, like, the town, helping it become prosperous and helping people along the way. And I think if there was a, a second part of this movie, it'd be much different. Or a second, a sequel to this movie, you'd see that he turned it around and enjoyed life much more because he realized he had all these friends that he just necessarily didn't pay attention to and like got the stress from work overwhelmed him to the point where he was biting everybody's heads off. But I mean, before he realized that that $8,000 was gone, he was perfectly happy. Like he was enjoying life. He even gave like that violet, extra money just to help her on the way and like didn't have any problems necessarily uh and then loses that eight thousand dollars and scrambles to find it i mean you're talking the 40s that's probably the equivalent of probably i'd have to say a hundred grand maybe but like yeah i get what you're saying but at the same point he he had grand plans but he didn't necessarily have a way of getting there besides like the normal route everybody I guess took at that point um, and then he sees everybody around him accomplishing like, you know he had literally he has money to travel and he's going there with the honeymoon with his wife but then he throws it all away for these people yeah yeah. It's, it's, I don't know man I would be a little more selfish I want to watch the cut of this movie where like he gets to that point where, like, he loses the $8,000 and he's snapping at everyone. He's screaming at his children. And then he just jumps off the bridge and then goes down. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just some weird, the weird shit that they do for this movie, especially the constellations or stars telling the first part of the story and, like, through, like, narrating his life, basically, um, to have the. A wingless angel fall into the water before him and save him. Um, yeah, I think this movie done right today could be tightened up a lot. Um, it would not be, it'd probably be an hour and a half movie. Easy, and it'd just be what it needed to be. Um, yeah, and we wouldn't have those weird scenes where it's borderline sexual assault. Come on, dude. When he, like, steals her robe and won't give it to her, like, you go to jail for that nowadays. Oh yeah, thousand percent. But um, I got nothing to defend that. <laughs> but I mean, she did just jump into the bush and like just not pick up her rope. Like then there's that weird part when like when he's like before he goes to her house, 
when the other girl's flirting with him, and he's like, let's go walk <laughs> the forest with our shoes off. And then all of a sudden, the entire town just around him laughing at him and his, his weird ideals of love. Like, I don't understand some of the shit in this film. Uh, because everybody was just kind of uh, secluded to their own way of thinking and, like, they didn't necessarily care about life because they were only thinking about how they were going to make dollars back then. And, like, n- none yeah. of them thought to think outside of the city. Yes, but what I understand is, like, at no point, even if I knew the people, if I saw two a man and a woman talking to each other, would I surround them in a fucking circle, like, in the film and just start laughing my head off at what he's asking her to do? Mm, I feel like that's a very you thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, I guess the whole uh, being in public domain makes it reasonable for why it's around Christmas time. But like, I don't know. It, it's an alright movie. I didn't hate it, but it's not n- nearly on a best list of mine. So, but yeah, well, I I've seen some of the stuff you say is the best. So. Yeah, fuck you, man. It, it fascinates me to see stuff this old. And I kind of see where cinema kind of started out as. Um, even this, who, whoever the main actor is, I can't, I don't know him. So like you saying he is uh, a big wig. Like it fascinates me to see where he came from, I guess. Um, Come on, man. You don't know Jimmy Stewart? No, I don't know Jimmy Stewart. This is the first time I've ever seen him, I'm pretty sure. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Vertigo. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Vertigo, Vertigo is Hitchcock, isn't it? Yep. Is it on the list? No. It might be on one further back from where we were, but it's not on the upcoming one. I don't think there's oh, any God. Hitchcock on there. Not Psycho. Hmm. Well, that's a shame. Um, but yeah. yeah, I guess it's it's kind of just treads the lines of where we are on the best list right now. Yeah, um, I think, again, like we talked about earlier within the best list of like, I think this is a movie a lot of people grew up watching and seeing on TV, and that's why it's rated so high. Yeah. And I feel... Hmm, I, this is going to sound really fucking pretentious, so bear with me. It feels like people that would really enjoy this movie kind of don't look at what they're doing in life, and they're like, oh, yeah, I could see why I'd be a fucking asshole if I was just all the shit was surrounding me and I was letting stress get to me and like they just don't care enough to figure themselves out so they just lash out at other people I don't know if yeah. that makes sense but fuck them fuck them <laughs> alright going from there uh, Battlestar Galactica yeah that's a thing too fucking kicked off in the fucking back into gear we're moving at the same pace we've been moving the last three seasons for episodes six through ten, if not even breakneck speed. Have I told you yet that there is stuff I love in this season, but as a whole, I do not like this season? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I gathered that much when you said that most people didn't like this season. Oh, most people don't like the fucking finale. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, no, no. I'm totally fine because. I read it as this whole season, and I'm like, I don't have any real problems with this season so far. Minus the end point we leave these ten episodes on. So. Oh, yeah? You don't like that? 
it's just weird. It's weird to like. Fuck it. I mean, duh. We're four seasons and I guess we're spoiling. But uh, fucking to end up on Earth when that was the only goal of the show for three and a half seasons at this point, and now we still have ten episodes to go, it's, it just seems a little strange. Oh, uh, well, I, I mean, like, they have to go somewhere else. You know, Earth is not viable. What? Did you not watch the fucking end scene? No, I figured they were going to just fucking work on building it up. No, literally, it is a nuclear wasteland. That's a Geiger counter going off. That's ruined cities behind them from a nuclear war. Well, see, that makes a whole lot more sense. Like, I was just trying to pay attention to who got off the ship because Ty and Six is throwing me so fucking, so much for a loop that I'm like, oh, that's weird. Huh. Goddamn. See, now I'm fine with that ending. (laughs) That's hmm, very interesting. So, uh, getting back into it, uh, we're on uh, Starbucks mission. She decides to take a raptor, jump to the space star. Let's let's hold on. Let's get to the real meat of what happens. Gata gets fucking shot in the fucking that is not that big a deal. Gaeta should have fucking stood down. I mean, he hasn't been known as this big, strong soldier. Somebody's pointing a gun at you. Fuck off. Just back up. It's so great because they're like, it's a mutiny. You're not in charge here anymore. And everyone's like, yeah, it's a mutiny. And then Gaeta gets shot and everyone's like, well, do what you want, Starbuck. It's okay. <laughs> I like it that she immediately realizes that she doesn't want to fuck everybody. So, like, well, if she only fucks a handful of them, it's fine. But she couldn't um, have done that before, fomenting her fucking rebellion against her. <laughs> Starbuck uh, is really at her worst in this season. This, to be fair, she is. Um, <laughs> it's different. Uh, they get to the jump, or the base star, it's uh, her, uh, is it Anders and Sharon, as well as Leobold? Are those the only four that go? Well, then there's that, the one racetrack, whoever ends up going and gets oh. fucking murked by six. No, there wasn't racetrack, because racetrack's still alive, I'm pretty sure. Well, it's one, it's somebody. Yeah, a, a random red shirt. Um, yeah, a lot of weird shit happens. Um, they decide to link the raptor into the uh, base star and jump it with its FTL drive because they unplug the fucking brain hybrid, whatever that controls the ship. Um, so they jump with the base ship to the little ship. Uh, and then they finally jump back to Galactica. Uh, fucking just a base star in the middle of the fucking fleet. Uh, and they're ready to gun the fucker down. Uh, but thankfully... Uh, Hilo comes through with the little ship and says, don't fucking fire. Do not fucking fire. Um, so from there, uh, Rosalind gets on the base star because she hears this wild ramblings of this hybrid, uh, decides to plug her in and immediately jumps the fuck away. <laughs> and this is where fucking, like, I feel like this five 
episodes just made Adama like even stronger as a character because like he loses the fucking he's ready to settle down with Rosalind and just fucking loses her out of nowhere because he has no fucking idea what anybody's doing um and really puts the entire fleet at a disadvantage just because she's chasing after her um he cries like three times during these five episodes and I'm like I'll kill somebody who do you want me to kill Adama to make you stop crying because nobody nobody makes Zeus cry in front of me yeah we're big old babies crying all the time fuck you and don't talk about Zeus like that (laughs) but then they uh, decide to destroy this hub so the Cylons can no longer resurrect um uh, that goes smooth, I suppose. Um, and then they jump back to the fleet, and uh, then we figure out who the four. Known... We jump back to the fleet, and we get my favorite little like run of thing where like every time Deanna's just like, "We want the final five Cylons," and it always cuts to the final four in the fleet, which just they're giving each other shifty eyes, like, "Oh fuck, oh fuck, they know we're." So <laughs> Uh, it is really strange for uh, Tori to go back and was like, I'm a fucking Cylon, motherfuckers. It's like, nobody cares about you anymore right now. Do you understand that? Get out of here. And then fucking, uh, <laughs> and fucking Ty is like, I'm a fucking Cylon. And Adam was like, I'll push the fucking button. Get out of here. God damn it. But it just fucking ruins Adama. Like, he just drinks himself into a stupor, and he's punching shit and breaking this his shit. This is what we are. Rosalind jumps away. Adama is broken as a man because the love of his life just jumped away, and he has no fucking way of getting there. So then, he understands he's putting the fleet at risk, decides to step down, and he will wait in the raptor in the middle of the fucking universe hoping that this base, jar, base star jumps back. And he waits... And waits and it fucking jumps back. And then he's like, oh, fuck yeah. This, my plan worked. And I can cry a little bit more. Uh, they can do this fucking sweet goddamn Star Wars move where uh, Rosalind finally says that she loves him. And she's like, yeah, about time. Real fucking smooth online. Uh, and, and fucking tie. Hey, I've been a silent all my life. And he's like, don't. Just come on. Come on, man! Don't do this to me. And Apollo's like, "I'll push the fucking button. You go, you, you go take a nap, Dad. I'm gonna push the fucking button." And fuck it. And then we're like, I just love Adama just being like, "Listen, I have three of your final four in an airlock, and I will fucking murder them all if you don't stand down." And I love that fucking Starbuck had to run across the fucking Galactica instead of just hitting an intercom like, "Hey guys, I think I figured it out." No, let's just fucking run. <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. Real good stuff. Yeah, um, but then there's also more shit in the background that I hate. Like, apparently Ty knocks up six. Because what? Listen, I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to have to deal with that at some point. I don't understand then, how that's possible. If he's a Cylon, she's a Cylon. Cylon don't... Uh, unless... Their programming has unlocked unlocked some thing in their design that they've learned to love a human to the point where it's unlocked inside them, so they can have a baby. I guess that's what that's alluding to. 
I mean, they definitely keep talking about how, you know, the final Cylons are different than the rest. Uh, it's also cool that they did destroy the hub so nobody can resurrect. So we have no idea if there were ever bodies for these four or five, whatever. Um, and then, uh, they are different. We also have... Um, but but uh, did we ever see Ty and Sticks even making out? No, Ty just kept coming in and he'd be like, you look like my dead wife and they'd punch each other and then it'd go away. And then all of a sudden the dom is just like, I hear you've been cutting the cameras and fucking her, huh? Is that what you're doing all that time? And Ty's like, no. Well, she's pregnant. I was like, maybe, I guess. <laughs> it's so fucking strange. Uh, it's what if we don't have fucking ever? Let's fucking, let's party on. Ten more episodes? Uh, I'm in. And then we get um, some more, like, my favorite Baltar stuff in this run. Um, I love when he's on the base star yelling at the hybrid. When he's like, hey, hey, stop jumping. Come on, get your shit together. Be, be an adult here. We're just trying to figure some stuff out. <laughs> so- and, but I love that scene where, like, when he's injured and then he admits to Rosalind, you know, of what role he played in it. And, and then, then Rosalind almost him. murders her. It's like, don't don't kill me <laughs> it's so good yeah um, he's just like please please don't he's just like bleeding the fuck out and he can't stop it's interesting yeah. to me how much the Gaia shift has gone um how I thought he was probably the most fascinating character on the show probably midway through season three and then he started being with the Cylons and it was like I guess he kind of doesn't matter anymore. I mean, he was having that three-way with him and Diana and Six, but, like, that ultimately ended or went to Diana's unraveling and, like, Six doesn't give a shit about him anymore um, to the point where, I guess, her and Th- Ty have a, a child. I don't know. It's fucking weird. Uh, I mean, it, it is a thing of where Baltar as a character has outlived where he should have died. Like yeah. at this point, there's there's kind of like, well, we got to keep him around because he's too good. What are we going to do with him now? That oh, said, did, he, did he actually die on the original series by now? He was the main bad guy besides the Cylons in the original series. He was like oh. a mustache really villain, you know? Um, oh, so they kind of just took out the his feet from under him and like just nobody gives a shit about him since he's found yeah. religion. So, <laughs> you know, with that said, like, there's a thing coming up that, like, with him that is, like, my favorite thing ever. And it just breaks my heart. Oh, man. Uh, it's interesting to see that we only have ten episodes left. And, like, it seems like we were at the end. But now I'm excited to get back into it because we're not. I want you. Here's what I need from you. Yeah? I As soon as we're done, I need you to watch the next episode. Just the first, like, five, ten minutes. Because you are going to scream, yell at me through text, and I can't wait. Alright, that's fair. I can make that promise. So, uh, Battlestar, fucking nearly the last five next week, so. Um, did you enjoy Longshot? I did, but it's also too fucking long. I'm, I'll be damned. There might what? there might be a heart in there at some point. Like a little sliver of a heart. Listen, but here's my thing. 
no movie, let alone a romantic comedy, should be over two hours long. Like, two hours and one minute is fucking pushing my patience. (laughs) You have some control issues. You just need to fucking relax. I don't think they make a movie under 100 minutes anymore. Yeah, and it's bullshit. (laughs) Listen, I'm on the same page as you. I'm not your foe. I'm your friend. I'm I'm lobbying for hour and a half movies as well, because this three hour shit we're watching is too much. Uh, I really fucking enjoyed the movie. I thought it was very smart and funny. Um, like, well, a sidebar, real quick, to, to continue on how long movies are. Okay. I was like, I was like, we're almost through Battlestar. I was like, I don't because I'm I'm spending so much time like for uh, with shit on the show that like I'm not like. I'm falling behind on my own stories. I'm not reading as much as I'd like to. I'm not getting to the games I want to play. I was like, maybe we should go back to just watching some movies and get rid of the show part for a little bit. And then I was like, oh, wait, two fucking movies is longer than five fucking episodes of Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) Uh, You're correct. You're way fucking correct. So we'll stick with the TVs because I really like that part. (laughs) Um. So yeah, what do you really enjoy? What do you really enjoy about Longshot? Listen, let's not say like really. I liked it. It's cute. It's funny. Uh, it has some relevance, even though very blunt relevance to what's going on today. Um, and boom, surprise cameo by Andy Serkis. Because I spent that whole movie being like, who's playing that little fucking Ruger monster? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you you pretty much nailed it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I caught maybe like five seconds of the trailer. I was like, that's something that's happening because I don't think anything else is happening this week. So um, I was surprised in how how well chemistry uh, Rogan and um, Theron had. Yeah. Uh, I it, it just felt like the um, prom date. Uh, gender swapped, like making a pretty prom prom date. Uh, but it was it with more levity, obviously, because they're in uh, the political system and not just teenagers. Yeah, um, more levity, more like being like, oh god, everything's awful. And I hate <laughs> I don't know if you understand what high school was, but everything after high school is exactly that. Dude, like, <laughs> do you know how depressing it is to be like watching a comedy and like. They're trying to make jokes about like Fox News and Republicans and our horrible way our president's running our country. And I was just like, these aren't funny because they're not as on. It's not, not as. It's not a joke because you're really just doing. telling us what we know. <laughs> Except in not as quite an absurd way. Yeah. When like, when like the Fox News anchors and stuff are being like, oh, she's a woman, so she can't lead. It must be your time of the month. And blah, blah, blah. and I was just like. Yeah, and they do that on Fox News, and they say real shit like that, so it's not really funny. It's sad. They do, that surprises me. Obviously, I don't watch any of that sports shit, but fucking, what kind of world are we living in right now? I hate it. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. And like the idea of like we can't get shit like let's save our planet is like a non-starter because people have too much interest in the monetary mm-hmm. side of like the timber and oil. It's like that shit is depressing. Don't make yeah. me sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um I don't know. I it 
it got me excited for more women in politics, I suppose. Um, just because fucking guys have done an awful job with the, the run that we've had. Fucking change the game or change the players in the game. Hopefully we can fucking maybe save this planet at some point. Yeah. Probably not happening. Yeah. But uh, I thought the friend relationship was definitely me and you. I fucking laughed so goddamn hard at that moment. Like <laughs> when Rogan finds out his friend, the Republican and a man of faith, but the fucking black Klansman type <laughs> opening, fucking ridiculous. There are so yeah. many laugh out loud moments in this movie. No, there I was just... like it's super funny, but like I said, if they tightened it up, I think mm-hmm. it would have been a lot better because there oh, are stretches sure. where. And that's what sucks about it is you're falling into that romantic comedy mm-hmm. uh, trap where these are how these movies have to play, right? They yeah. have to not like each other, really, kind of, you know, but not like that. And then they need to fall for each other and get close. And then we need to break them apart before they come back together for the end. You're adhering to that structure inherently. So that's lengthening out what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Plus fucking... Seth Rogen doesn't make short movies and fuck him for that because <laughs> I, I think he's hilarious, but I'm also just yeah. like, your comedies don't need to be over two hours long, dude. Yeah, for sure. But like, because I remember like, like Knocked Up was like 220 or something, you know? And it's like, fuck you, dude. Come on. Yeah. But that's yeah, also that's... Judd Apatow. He's an yeah. asshole about that, too. Yeah. So. Where he's just like, whoa. Can't cut shit. Let them improv. We're just gonna cut it all together. <laughs> all Fuck you, man. So go see it. It's worth it. Um, it's really good. here's here's the sad thing. So when I went to the theater, Avengers was playing in the big theater. The next biggest theater, The Intruder, was playing. <laughs> and Longshot was in the fucking back in theater theater two, one of the smallest. Hold on, ones. hold on. We're gonna cut that little Intruder part into right here. Let's just fucking move on. Can I tell you about a movie that did make me laugh? What's that? Uh, I saw The Intruder when I was waiting to see Longshot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was it good? No. (laughs) All right. Then I I was going to bring it up. Maybe we see it, but fuck that shit. Well, I saw it. It's It's a movie where you sit there the whole time and you're like, Bitch, what are you doing? Why are you letting this man in your house? But then, in the last 10 minutes, I about died laughing because shit just gets crazy. Oh, man. Like, what? (laughs) Have you ever wanted to, like, hear Dennis Quaid, like, pant and groan really grossly while being super sweaty and licking someone with crazy eyes? And then he army crawls away? No, not not ever in my life. Have you ever wanted to see somebody open a door and then Dennis Quaid comes down from the ceiling like he's fucking Leon in The Professional, even though there's nowhere for him <laughs> hiding I mean, there's a slight bit of intrigue there. Ah, uh, man, it's it's a weird. It's this movie like Dennis Quaid sells them his house, yeah, and yeah. then he just and then he just keeps showing up, and the wife's just like, "Yeah, come on in," and the husband's like don't let this fucker in our house but he's a modern man who doesn't like guns so he's a pussy and she's attracted to kind of Dennis Quaid's manliness and she just keeps letting him into her house over and over isn't it, and over. isn't it a black couple and 
obviously dense quite wide. Yes. Like, aren't they playing Although, off that? They don't play off race. The only thing they play off in his race is like Dennis Quaid is like a hunter and he has guns. And the husband's like, my brother was gunned down in the streets. There's no guns on my property. Because Dennis Quaid bring guns onto their house. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Now I don't have to ever see that movie. So I'll have to hell with it. And like, as soon as it's streaming, watch that last 10 minutes because I could not stop laughing. All right. You guys go. <laughs> and when Hannah and I were walking out of the theater, we were just kind of like, the fuck was going on? What the hell? <laughs> and uh, this little old lady was walking out. She's like, I know. I love me some Dennis Quaid, but he just looked like he was in pain in this movie. And I was just like, you got tricked into seeing this movie because you thought it was a Dennis Quaid film, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was all over the uh, trailer. Yeah, so I think they thought it was. She just was like, mm, "I love me that Dennis Quaid. He's a handsome man." And then went into this, and he's all like, "Crazy." <laughs> What's really funny is I think I've only seen the trailer played for that movie uh, before Green Book, <laughs> which is why I thought it was a very racial motivated movie. <sighs> it's not. It's just weird. It's so weird, man. They're like they pay like three point five million dollars for this fucking house, and then he just keeps showing up to Mother Lawn, and they're like, "It's fine." I'm like, no, bitch, get him out. Well, isn't he dealing with like the loss of his wife and family, or maybe? Oh well, yeah, because he's like, my wife died of cancer, but nope. You find out that he killed her because she was trying to get rid of the house. <laughs> nice. And uh... then, like, I mean, it's like crazy. It's just, like. Like the husband's installing like security cameras because he thinks there's like there was somebody in the woods watching their house. So they put in security cameras and motion lights and stuff, and like the security team is like putting it on. Dennis Quaid just comes fucking flying up in his car and jumps out all sweaty. He's like, "Stop drilling into my house! Don't do that to my house!" And then they still <laughs> let him in. It's just like what the fuck? Nice, nice. <laughs> and that was great. So. um yeah, uh, I love the little jabs that they made uh, at our current president because of all the dumb shit that's honestly taken place. It's true. And it's sad, and I hate it. <sighs> Fucking A. At this point, I'm just like, I don't think I can live another two years. So if he doesn't get voted out, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, so uh, jump him from there. Let's talk in the thrones. Uh, Listen, Bitch, however you want. Come on, just throw it all out there. No, no, no. Did you like it? Here's the thing. I know everyone hated it, so there's no middle ground for me to be like, it's not great, but it's fine. And then you're going to come in here and be like, everything's stupid. I hate the show, and I want it to be over. So just do it. No, you can take that middle ground. I'll let you. (laughs) It's fine. It was probably the worst episode of the season, by far. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just because like, I think they don't have the structure for these episodes down yet. Um, if we had just spent a whole episode with like them surviving in Winterfell after, and, you know, celebrating their win and victory and being alive and then talking about going down to King's Landing. Sure. Fine. Cause you're very languorous and we're, we're really not doing anything or moving for that first hour. And then all of a sudden we're trying to cram shit into the last 15, and, 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, and we're fucking night bamfing all over the place. Stupid. Don't, um, that is not a problem. That's not the problem. That's a... Listen, 
that's a big fucking problem. When why Danny <laughs> makes it to King's Landing before the rest of her troops have a chance to, why wouldn't she just fucking find up somewhere to wait for them? Like she why, was, she was going to Dragonstone. I understand that, but then she goes to fucking Red Land or whatever the fuck it is and confronts her. Like fucking, just wait for the rest of your goddamn she's troops. Not- She's not going to war, though. Literally, she's going there to make Cersei refuse to surrender so that she has the support when she goes in to overthrow her. It's not a tactical decision. She's not taking half of her forces there to fight. She's literally there through a strategic move to make Cersei look bad. Okay. I'll give you that. But a lot of the show sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they did Ghost and then Justice. They should have just fucking let him, everybody think he was dead. Fuck it. I'm so over this show. Why? It was and so I, bad that John was just like, he can't come down south. He needs to be free. Take him with you, Tormund. That makes you upset. Why even show it? Why? We're wasting time on because shit that doesn't matter. Because if they didn't show it, you would literally be bitching be like, they didn't show what happened to Ghost. Ghost is my boy. Where's Ghost? No, I would have been bitching yet last time that fucking he led the charge into a goddamn wave of undead and he probably died. And I would have been satisfied with that answer. But no, we get fucking 20 seconds of Ghost whimpering because John won't even go over and say, hey, I'm going south. You fucking run and be free and be a great little fucking dog. Uh, Tormund's going to take you and you guys are going to have the best time up north. He doesn't even get up and pet on the fucking head. Fuck that guy. Fuck John. John's a piece of shit. I hate John so goddamn much. And and he had the coolest fucking direwolf and he's such a just a piece of shit. You literally saw though the producers came out and they were like we tried. We couldn't make it look good so we cut it. We couldn't we didn't have the CGI budget, and then the next scene is fucking Rhaegar getting a fucking spear through the neck, spurting blood across the fucking screen. Fuck those guys. I Literally, I love how this is... John didn't say goodbye to Ghost. Fuck this. That's such... What did, why did they, they have to show him? I just was satisfied with him dying with the Dothraki. Because rest. he didn't die. They didn't want him to die, so they're just saying, like, hey, he's going north. Like, what is so bad about that? Because it's unnecessary. It's just dumb just to show off this goddamn CGI character that we can't make look good. Fuck that. Oh, my God. You had him on a fucking Apple box three episodes ago. Just do that again. love how you're like, it's unnecessary for this thing to happen, but I'm upset because they don't show me unnecessary traveling time. Fuck you. It's so so dumb how quick they're moving around like they didn't have time to even regroup but like it's just so stupid it just doesn't make any sense and because the biggest part of this is Jamie leaving he stayed behind all the other forces and at some point he's gonna meet up with probably the fucking hound and fucking Arya that left first before every fucking buddy else because somehow time doesn't make any fucking sense there anymore. 
Or maybe it's just because the Hound and Arya are off doing shit that doesn't matter to the story, so we're not showing it. And they've been fucking off in towns and villages off on the side. So they're not making a dead march to King's Landing. This is just a stupid show anymore. Two more episodes and I'm fucking done with it. Jesus, you're such wait. a baby. You're such it's a baby. It's just so, this shit storytelling. It's terrible it's... tactics. There's no way dragons flying above fucking everything can't see a fucking armada of ships hiding around one fucking rock. Fuck that. Well, yeah, because they're flying towards the keep and the, they weren't looking there because Danny is being pompous right now and not worried about her enemies. But see, this is what I mean, because when you make it a factor of traveling doesn't mean shit, nobody take. There's not like there's any pressing issues. It literally takes you moving your head from right side to left side to see there's a fucking fleet of ships over there. Euron Greyjoy doesn't have three ships that are hiding behind him. He has this fucking fleet mounted with spears that they're just magically reloading at fucking force of will. It's so stupid. And while you are flying on your magical dragon into your home, you're scanning around all the time? No, it doesn't. Yes, absolutely. If I, no. lose, if I lose a dragon, if I'm just off a of battle, it's probably taking me three months to get where the fuck I am. Yeah, I'm looking out shit because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> That's literally, that is not a flaw. I don't buy that that is something to bitch about and you're just picking nits. No, fuck that. And how'd they get... No. None of this show no, makes sense because how'd they get Missandra? Like that shit. If just... you want to come up and be like, "Oh, they capture the only person they capture from this fight is Danny's best friend." Yeah, mm-hmm. that's shit storytelling. But that the fucking dragons weren't looking for ships. That's not. That's you being nitpicky. No, no, no. I'm I'm sure dragons don't give a shit because they can breathe fire. But Danny should have had the foresight to see fucking anything. It's not like she's yeah, taking a fucking sleep see- on top of the dragon. And you see her perspective and that she's looking at their keep that they're coming to. It literally shows you her point of view right before that comes. It's bullshit. It's just... And I, I'm so over all of the Stark children. Like, this episode made me hate the whole house of Stark. Just because uh, John can't keep a secret to save his life. Fucking... Sansa can't and fucking now everybody knows that he's has the rightful fucking king. It's so fuck them. It's so stupid. Yeah. It, it, yet from everything we've seen from these characters for eight seasons, all of that makes sense. Sansa not being able to keep a secret? Sansa's not trying to keep a secret. She's trying to keep her family and her lands together because she doesn't want to bow to someone that she sees as a tyrant. She just learned that they're family. They are family at this point. And she's now, after seven and a half seasons, now she can be conniving? Fuck that. Doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Not, not when she was playing Littlefinger last season and got him murdered. And she's just she now being conniving. She didn't play Littlefinger. Littlefinger played himself and then Arya stabbed his ass. Or sure, let's throat. continue to say how it's all the men who do everything here. The women can't I said Arya cut his ass. Like, yeah. Littlefinger got caught up in his own pretentiousness and fucking made a lot of big mistakes. There's no sure. way Sansa manipulated any of that situation. Sure. Sure. 
I'm sorry, she's just an awful character, and I'm tired of even thinking that she could pull off anything like this. Dude, it is fine. Like you can bail at this point. Like you are just. No, I mean, we got we got two episodes to go. Fuck it. Let's see how much of a mess the next fight is. Because it's it's whatever. At this point, you are literally bitching about stuff that's not worth bitching about. You even started talking about this whole episode that everybody else thinks is shit. And I'm so tired yeah, of this and shit. Everyone else, and everyone else said that the last episode was the greatest episode of TV ever, and it wasn't. I'm just saying That's that the fandom here is insane. No way. I'm just pulling apart. Like, there was nothing I liked about this episode. Not even a little bit. That's fine. And Jamie's character makes the least amount of sense. How does it make the least amount of sense? Because out of everything he's fought for these last three episodes, just to have some honor to bed Brienne and just be like, well, that was a nice lay. I'm going back to my sister at the Red Keep. And that presumably he'll probably stab her or whatever, but like to give her nothing more than, eh, I guess uh, it was fun. I'm going to go back to my sister. But that's not what it was, and that's not what he says. He literally says that I am not worthy of you because of all the bad things I do. I still have to atone. He's not saying, hey, thanks for the lay. I'm going back to Cersei. He's literally saying, I would have murdered every woman and child I ran across for her. I still am not worthy of what you were trying to give me. But he didn't say that. He said he wasn't. He, a, he was a bad person. He said he was a bad person and he was just going returning to Cersei. <laughs> no, that is not what he was saying. Bullshit. And that, uh, like, it sucks that all these characters survived last week because they just get an unjust ending like this. Bullshit. Whatever, man. Like, if Brienne would have just died last week or Jamie would have died last week, it would have been a non-issue. But they gave it even, like, she had her moment becoming a knight, and then she loses her virginity this episode, but that doesn't matter because the person that she fell for just ups and leaves and like even Tormund knows like well she doesn't give a shit about me I'm going back to the fucking north this ain't my fight fuck it so yeah that's more in line with the game of thrones that they've been showing forever than anything the fact that you know they've subverted these fantasy storytelling tactics forever it was excuse me a shock when Ned Stark died it was because he was a hero and who we our protagonist it was a shock when Rob Stark and his entire family were wiped out at the Red Wedding because they were protagonists and doing good. G- Brienne dying after being knighted is a fantasy ending. Her having to suffer of losing this love is a more downer Game of Thrones kind of thing for her. And it makes sense of the story they've told. All right, that's fair. I'll give you that. I'm just over it. I'm tired of it. Two more that's episodes. fine. It's fine. Like, let's just get it over with. Like, I just, you're the weird part of fandom where all of a sudden they just soured on the show that's been doing the same thing as always done. And I don't understand it. They haven't. There's a very clear line between season five and season six where they just ran out of material and it's off of these guys' cliff notes that they had left over from George. It was very noticeable. The thing that's noticeable is that 
I don't think they knew how long they were going to do this show. So they were doing every little thing and they were dragging every little thing out. And now they're like, here's the end of the story. We're going to streamline it and be done. Yeah, but it's that whole fucking lost scenario. Like, HBO would fucking happily agree to three more fucking seasons just to let them tell the story they were telling. I don't think, to be honest, I don't think they could. These episodes cost more and more and more as long as the, the longer they go on. Even if you were just to do a whole season of fucking Danny's army marching to Red, the fucking Red Keep, and that's all you did, it would cost more because you're paying the fucking camera crew who are now 10 seasons in, they get paid more every season. The actors get paid more every season. So it's cheaper for them to go, let's finish and go tell our fucking prequel shows. Cause we start with scratch and it's lower there. That's fair. I'll give you that point. I don't know. Just over like nothing. Even I don't even care about anybody left in the game anymore. Because Danny, like, so uncharacteristic, is goes to charge Euron, realizes she's out of her depths, and retreats, but then stands off against Cersei. I, and I understand now to make a, make Cersei look bad, but Cersei hasn't given a fuck the last five seasons what she looks like, so... Like well, and do. again, that's more of a bad move on fucking Tyrion's part than Danny's, because mm-hmm. at no point, like, Tyrion just fought, and she promised to give her people to the north to fight the army of the dead, and was a lie. So why he's trying to appeal to her again is kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll admit, what's sloppy in this is that they're trying to give Danny a personal stake in this, where she doesn't need it. Hers yeah. has always been, my family was ousted, and I'm getting revenge for them, and claiming what's my birthright. I don't need Cersei to kill her best friend to give her motivation to do what she needs to do. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if that even plays into the next episode where, where if the um, villagers fight for Cersei or not, or if it's just this hand ass grab that happened in uh, Marine with the leaders, whatever. So I don't know. I'm sure we're getting a big battle next season and then we'll all wrap it up with everything everybody getting their little bow in on the sex episode, so it is what it is. I guess yeah, I'm still well, in yeah, I'm still on board for Click Game Bowl, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, don't don't sound so excited, buddy. It's okay. I'm not. It's two episodes and I'm done with this show. Fair enough. <laughs> all right, so what are we watching for next week? Um, BSG. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that movie that's coming out? There, it's Detective Pikachu, and then the other one. There's something else coming out. What is um... it? Come on, give it to me. Pikachu is the only one I know. Hang on a second, look. No, there's another movie coming out. Oh, Toking? Toking? No, not fucking Toking. I'm refusing to see that. Shit. There's another movie coming out. <laughs> you, you don't want to see Toki? Um, no, I don't. Is the hostel? The hostel. Oh, the, the hustle. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the hustle. There you go. I'll see the hustle. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Hustle, Detective Pikachu, 
five episodes of BSG, and then our best and the worst, mm-hmm. which is Silence of the Lambs hmm. and Baby Geniuses. Baby Geniuses from like the 90s? Yep. Not the sequel, not Super Babies, but the first one, Baby Geniuses. Fucking A. <laughs> so that should be a fun week. Looking forward. I'll, I'll watch uh, Get Caught Up in Barry as well. Oh, yeah. So we'll talk about all that and we'll bring all that to the table next week. And obviously, Yay. episode five of Game of Thrones, season eight. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I just that's <laughs> uh, one man I don't know so we'll see all that and we'll talk about it next week peace finding up all that good stuff